But I think from being on my side of the aisle, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm a huge proponent of remote work. And I've always heard all these amazing stats about remote work and how much more productive you are and how much happier employees are uh, working remotely. So that was really surprising to me. Seven hours per week. That's a lot. But I could say that because if there are less boundaries, like if your mm. work takes place in the same place where you live and you do all your other stuff. I think there is a danger that work and life can just, the lines are blurred and you may end up unknowingly not realizing that you're working more hours. Yeah. More difficult to focus and hold yourself accountable if you're by yourself. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Kate. Hi, Nicole. (laughs) Sneaky, sneaky. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited that we're on the mic together because as we said in our last episode, this is our first recording in over a month because our two episodes ago now, we planned to be recording together when I was on the cruise and you were working away at home and that didn't quite work out. So we did have a nice catch up, but it wasn't the same because we were just on a WhatsApp call. We didn't see each other or anything. So yeah, very nice to be back in the office, got my mic, got my setup, get to see you. How does it feel? You're happy to be home, aren't you? Oh my goodness. It feels so great. I mean, don't get me wrong. The trip was a 10 out of 10. We had such a blast. I loved every single minute of it. And I'm so happy to be home. <laughs> I think it's that's a, a long good... time to be on the road. It is. Yeah. It's a good feeling. I like that feeling of traveling and getting to the point where it's like, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to be excited about going home. And you know, we miss Gus so much. And when you're living on a riverboat, like those rooms are not huge, right? So we were in quite close quarters for a long time. And yeah, it feels good to stretch out. (laughs) And also, given the fact that I spilled the beans in our last episode about the fact that I'm pregnant, (laughs) which we are so, so excited about. And luckily, the day that we went left on the cruise was week 12 for me. So I was thankfully into my second trimester, going into my second trimester. I felt a lot better. The first trimester was pretty tough. So I was so grateful to be feeling better, but I was also <laughs> growing a lot, um, which is not super comfortable. And so that was another reason why like, I was just kind of excited to get home and not be in jeans every day. And, you know, I, I talked about too, in our last episode, just how much we were going, going, going. And I was, I have been really tired, like 
everyone says that you get your energy back in the second trimester. That has not happened for me yet. I'm still like pretty exhausted every day. So that was another reason why I was really excited to come home and be in my own space and everything. But we are going to be talking way more about pregnancy and starting a family and And we're going to be talking about your charity bike ride that you mentioned in the last episode as well in our next episode. Um, But we're going to hold off on the pregnancy until our celebration episode because we have something really cool to put together for you guys for episode 100. So don't worry, we're not going to leave you hanging. Lots more exciting news to come. Okay, but for today's topic, now that we've talked about all the topics that we're not talking about today, that we will talk about, because we have a lot of things to talk about. We do have a lot of things to talk about. I feel like our episode list could just go for days right now. Um, Okay, but today's topic is all about remote work and whether that is the best option for employees and businesses. So we're going to be talking about the pros, the cons, and everything in between when it comes to every option. You could be working fully remote. You could have a flexible schedule, and maybe you work remote and in an office sometimes. Or you could go the very traditional office setting route. You're in an office whenever you're working. Um So this is obviously not related at all to anything that we were just mentioning. So you might be thinking like, how the heck did you guys come up with this topic? (laughs) Well, it is very related to a couple episodes ago when Nicole and I recorded individually, because Nicole, you brought this topic up in talking about adjusting to a new normal because you're experiencing all of this in such a big way right now. You and Omar recently made the decision to build your team locally and go into an office every day versus working remotely, which you guys have been doing for the past nine years. That's a huge change. So I thought maybe we could start off this conversation. I just want to know more about and I want all of our friends tuning in to be able to learn more about like what prompted this decision for you guys, because that's yeah, a big change. It's huge and it's very front and center. And this is why we're talking about it, because it's like what's going on in our world right now. There's lots, but we've only got a certain amount of time. So we're going to keep it focused. And so this is why we're talking about this today, because this is very much going on for me and on my mind and just a part of my daily experience. Yeah. Yeah. So we were fully remote. We are still fully remote. I want to make it clear that the team is not going anywhere. The remote team that we have isn't going anywhere, but Omer and I have decided to build a local team when it comes to the leadership team. So senior roles. senior roles, yeah, executive roles, however you want to put it, having those people close to us. Mm-hmm. That's the reason, really. Because there are a lot of benefits to that, right? I'd imagine that having executive leadership just for like, that's probably the most common term that people mm-hmm. understand. Um, that would be really tough uh, virtually because you're making huge decisions together and you're trusting these people with running entire departments. And I mean, I know that, you know, tech is obviously a huge deal for you guys. Your company's a SaaS company and that's a lot of stuff going on. If you're not in an office together, if you're not seeing this person on a regular basis, if you don't have the ability to just, uh, you know, pop into their office and have a really serious conversation like that could be really tough. Yeah, we've juggled the time zones. There's pros and cons to all the different 
options when it comes to how you work. But when it comes to, I think for us, when it comes to like strategy, big vision, big picture, uh, velocity, some of that is hindered when it's a remote setup. Mm-hmm. And the time zones, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I don't think a lot of people consider when you're doing virtual work. Like mm-hmm. I even think about it with the, the team call that I have with our team who's in the Philippines. And, you know, sometimes I feel bad. It's like we're doing our team call. It's like 8 p.m. for them. I don't want mm-hmm. them to be working at 8 p.m. But sometimes with time zones, like you got to pick one end or yes. the other, right? You got to make uh, it yeah, work. Yeah, make it tough. Yep. Okay, well, I'm very excited for you guys. But as you mentioned in your update episode, this has kind of, I don't want to say upended, Mm -hmm. but it's really introduced a whole new daily life for you guys. So given your experience up to this point, do you feel like you have a new perspective on what's best? Like, I feel like I'm gaining a different perspective. And I'm learning a lot about the different options and what can work for certain people, what can Mm -hmm. work for certain businesses. I don't think it's a one size fits all. And it's just been really interesting to have this conversation. And depending on who you're talking to, whether you're talking to the owner, the founder of a business, the, the boss, however you want to put it, versus someone who's working for a company, the employee, the teammate, you're going to get very different reactions and really very different responses to whether you, whatever the opinion is, whether you think like, oh, work from home is broken. Remote work doesn't mm. really, really work as well as we think it does. And depending on who you're talking to, you're going to get a very different response and a very different kind of knee-jerk reaction. And, and I say this because I am having more of these conversations because I'm now out of my home office and talking to, you know, we are working in a co-working space. And so we're able to talk to people who are the founders of their businesses, whether they're solo or they have a team. And then there are team members within the same co-working space. So you're able to have these Mm -hmm. conversations and get both perspectives. Um, And then because it's just been so top of mind, I've kind of been having this conversation with friends, friends who are in jobs, who are not business owners, and then also people who are business owners. And so I'm having a lot of these conversations. Yeah. So to answer like which one is better or which one I think is the best I haven't landed. Not so black and white, huh? Not not so black and white, but I'm definitely having some leanings to and preferences towards what I think is best for our business and best for us. Yeah. Well, okay. So you guys made this decision to hire your executive team locally. And as a result, you felt like it would be a good idea to jump into this co-working space to spend your working hours there. And I'm making an assumption here, but I'm guessing that that's because you feel like you're, you're kind of setting an example that you wouldn't just hire a team locally and say like, okay, you guys have to go into this office, but we're still going to work from home. And then that also kind of mm-hmm. defeats the purpose of being collaborative and working mm-hmm. together, like literally working together. Is that kind of in a nutshell accurate? Right. Yeah, of course. It wouldn't make sense to expect people to go into the office if you're not going to go into the office. Like the whole point Mm -hmm. is that we're there and that we're collaborating, that we have the opportunity to have in-person brainstorming sessions, our meetings to be in person. So yeah, we're setting that example. That makes sense. 
And I know that this is still quite new for you guys, but do you kind of have a sense like right now for you personally, do you feel like going into this office is having a positive effect on your work, on your ability to be a better manager, on your focus, like, you know, any number of things like what, what are you feeling like now versus when you were working from home? It's so interesting because I think all of those things are a bit different. So my own personal productivity, my own personal enjoyment, I'm surprised at how much I'm actually enjoying this change up in our setup and going into Mm -hmm. an office. So on that side of things, it's been really positive for me personally. The managing side of things, that is an unknown still. That is a question mark because when we set up our businesses – We never had a situation, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself, not for Omar, but ever since becoming an entrepreneur, setting up our businesses together and running our team, it's always been remote. It's always been virtually. So managing for me has always been that set up. And so it's going to be really interesting and I'm really conscious of this, of how that can change when people are there in front of me and my team is there with me. Yeah. I mean, I've had a little bit of that experience with the retreats, but, you know, those were two occasions, really. Well, and the retreats kind of more of like a celebratory gift than it is like, I'm your manager and we're working this week yeah. type of setup, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yes. Good, good point. It is different. Yeah. 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 So when we were talking about doing this episode, you had shared a bunch of resources that you had come across that um, one of them, an Instagram reel, and then a couple others. I think one of them was an article from Forbes, oh, mm-hmm. Fortune, sorry. One was from Fortune and one was from Entrepreneur. And all of these were kind of commentary on uh, what is best is mm-hmm. remote work better for the employee is remote work better for the company uh, is going into an office better for the employee for the company. And like you said, I believe that this point of view changes for everyone, because Mm -hmm. I think a business owner is going to have a very different perspective than an employee will have. And an employee could have a very different perspective from another employee based on Mm -hmm. whether they're super communicative people and that's how they work best is being able to talk to somebody versus, right. you know, some, uh, someone who maybe just works better on their own. I don't know. Um, but I do feel like all of these resources to an extent that you shared and that we're going to kind of chat about now, I feel like each of them kind of had a little bit of a negative point of view on remote work. Like none of them gushed about it by any means. I would say the one that was more leaning towards that remote work is, is a positive is the fortune article. Flexible work is feminist. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we yep. can, we can dig a little bit deeper into that, but definitely the real that I came across uh, from Patrick Campbell that basically said remote work is bad. Remote work is dead. And he gave all these statistics, which we can go into. I found that real interesting. And it's kind of like, you know, maybe it's that, what is it? Not confirmation bias, but you know, I don't know when you, what is it? What's that situation when you buy like a confirmation bias? Yeah. Or when you buy a red car, you start seeing red cars everywhere. Uh (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember what that's called. Not confirmation bias, but I know what you mean. 
that thing, right? And so when <laughs> suddenly something is top of mind, then it starts to kind of pop up on your radar. You start to see all these things or maybe you're just noticing them. So this whole, you know, situation with us, then all of a sudden I'm seeing these, um, and it's also because I'm having these conversations. So people are sharing content and articles and, and all of that. Um, but this Patrick Campbell reel, pretty controversial because when I shared it, I, I shared it on my Instagram. Um, I got a few messages from people that kind of had a oh, bit really? of a, yeah, people had an opinion because of course it's very one-sided, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's his, I was surprised by his conviction because it was so absolute, like there was not room for any other opinion or idea about it. Um, we're, we'll link up to all of this, uh, in the description of the episode. So you can check these things out. But, um, he was like, one of his things was data from under 2000 companies, uh, showed that 15 to 25% less growth as a remote company. That is compelling. And this is like, I mean, Patrick Campbell, he sold his company recently, but he was the founder of um, ProfitWell, which was a SaaS metrics tool. So he had insight. I don't know if the insight came from that tool, but we're talking about a tool that has insights into companies' metrics. And that really blew my mind. 2,000 companies this this statistic is that they'll grow less 15 to 25% less as a remote company. Yeah. That would kind of scared me. I have to say, I was like, Oh, okay. I think it is, uh, you know, the stats that he shares are definitely compelling. Um, another one of them was that you work up to seven hours more per week as a remote employee for the same pay, which I've always kind of felt like you work less as a remote employee. And like a lot of the stats that I unfortunately can't cite right now, but I think from being on my side of the aisle, quote unquote, mm -hmm. uh, that I'm a huge proponent of remote work. And I've always heard all these amazing stats about remote work and how much more productive you are and how much happier employees are uh, working remotely. So that was really surprising to me. Seven hours per week. That's a lot. But I could say that because if there are less boundaries, like if your mm. work takes place in the same place where you live and you do all your other stuff, I think there is a danger that work and life can just, the lines are blurred and you may end up unknowingly not realizing that you're working more hours. Yeah. More difficult to focus and hold yourself accountable if you're by yourself. And this was one of the things too that came up. I don't know if you've ever read the book. Um, I think it's called Rework by uh, David Hanaway oh, yeah. Hansen. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Jason Free. Really big proponents of remote work. And I remember reading this book years ago because, again, we had established our remote team. We were remote. I guess we still technically are remote first. So, you know, for me, that was like a pretty important piece of work that I read. And one of the things that they, and I always remember this is that the argument is that managers feel like their team isn't working as much or they're not as productive. But one of the things that they say, they argue against that is that you actually have to be aware of overwork because mm -hmm. we just assume that people are great, have great time management skills and know how to prioritize tasks. And, but why would we assume that not everyone has that unless they they have it or they're trained or they're taught. And so this makes sense to me. This makes sense that it is possible that people who 
maybe are not great, you know, at time management can overwork if those boundaries don't exist. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it really does. And I think that to really bring that point home, I would venture to guess that a vast majority of people do not have time management skills. I mean, just in my experience in, you know, the people that we work with and the people that I'm in touch with and in communication with being such a systems oriented person, uh, everybody that I speak with is like, they don't understand systems. They don't understand uh, focus discipline. Mm-hmm. They don't understand time blocking. They've never heard of like doing theme days or the scrum method. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and this is pretty mind blowing, right? To somebody who knows it, but if you don't know it, you don't know it. And if you're an employee at a company who you've been going into an office and that's kind of been their way of, I don't mean this in a bad way, but that's kind of been their way of like watching you. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have that anymore. Then how would you know time management or any mm-hmm. of those other skills? You've, you've never been taught those. You've just always been in an office where somebody can walk up to your desk and be like, where's the report I asked you for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then if you introduce time tracking, productivity, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. there's a resistance towards that. But the positive side of that, which we have talked about, is that it's also an insight, a factual piece of data that you can reliably look at and say, oh, this is how much time I spent. I've already spent enough time on this, so I've already put in my hours, or you know, I'm in danger of not having work-life balance. You can get that feedback from something like that. And who's going to set that up for themselves just you know, of yeah. their own volition? unless it's enforced. So, I mean, that becomes like a a management Mm -hmm. thing, right? Unless you're an entrepreneur and you're working remotely because it's your business and you're choosing to, right? then you should have the wherewithal or the self-discipline to put something like that in place for yourself. But again, like if you've never been taught that, then it doesn't just kind of like fall in your lap, right? (laughs) Exactly. The other thing he said was that people who work from home sleep less or have more trouble sleeping and are more stressed out and exercise less. Which also kind of blew my mind because I've, I guess that this episode and this topic is great because it has really forced me to get outside of thinking of just what my point of view on this is, because that's how I was approaching it before. Right. Yes. And now I read these stats and then I think about all the different scenarios of why someone might be working from home or the type of employee or the company that they work for, all these variables, right? I mean, I sleep great and I exercise all the time and I don't feel stressed at all. So I'm like, why would people feel that way working from home? But of course, that is not the right perspective to take on it. And, you know, you've given some great examples, even just of, you know, an employee who might be working from home who doesn't have great time management skills and is distracted and then they end up working more per week and they, therefore they're stressed out about work. And so, yeah, I can see it's a slippery slope for sure. Yeah, I I can, again, I'm trying to play, like you said, you have to really get out of your own thinking and out of what's worked for you and what you've, for me personally, what I've thought has been like the best way, the only way you can't think in those absolutes. So I can see in that stat of sleep less, exercise less, more stress. I can see how this is a possibility. Again, going back to like no boundaries, I'm not setting those mm-hmm. boundaries. And then I, I just 
really think about, and I, this is from people that I've spoken to, just the social aspect that yeah. is a real thing. Like I've heard people who, sure, they're proponents of wanting to work from home, having that flexible arrangement, not being, you know, mandated to go to the office. But those same people will say that they were hit really badly during COVID. Loneliness was really something that became front and center for them. Not having as much social interaction, how can that not impact loneliness? Yeah. No, and just so people have said, like, they enjoy going into work so that they can have those social interactions. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was a big focus of the entrepreneur article that you shared, um, which focused on Malcolm Gladwell and, and his conviction that it's, quote, not in your best interest to work at home. But it was all it, a lot of that article focused on the in-person communication, connection, being in person. Uh, one of the quotes was, uh, this is the, uh, no, sorry. Um, yeah, let's pull up a quote because there was some things in that. Oh, okay. I guess the quote that I took was the crux of the whole debate between remote versus in-person. Two of our primary psychological needs or nutrients are in conflict like mm -hmm. we have never experienced before. Your brain wants autonomy. Your soul needs connection. Yes. This article was so good because it pointed out, it made sense to me why this topic is a little bit uh, triggering in some ways, depending on who you're talking to. Like it had mm -hmm. people have a very emotional response to it. So if you're talking to someone who is an employee, works for a company, doesn't run their own thing, then their knee jerk reaction is don't like force this on me. I That autonomy, the brain saying like, I want to have autonomy. I want to have the power to make my own decisions. That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. But then the conflict side of it, the other side of it is that they want the flexibility because it's like, well, yeah, I, I do miss hanging out with people. I do miss talking to people. I remember what it's like and it's nice to have conversations. It doesn't always have to be work conversations. It can be so, you know, whatever conversations. Yeah. And then they realize, yeah, it is actually really nice to have that. And that's kind of what your soul needs. So it's those two nutrients. The brain wants autonomy, but your soul needs that connection. And I thought that was really interesting because I get why people will have this immediate like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't take this away from me now. You know, yeah, we, were yeah. we were introduced to remote work, especially post pandemic. Don't take that away. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was reading through this article, I do think that they made a lot of great points. Um, this definitely being one of them. But then I also got to thinking that a lot of this is based on the assumption that you work in a healthy workplace. Hmm. So like, what if that isn't the case for you? What if your work environment is hostile or what if your work environment isn't very supportive or what if you don't really get along with the people that you work with i understand that you still have the need and the desire for that connection but does going into your place of work give that to you yeah. um so i don't know i just think that's an interesting considerable in all of this because i've certainly worked at places where i was not a happy camper at work. Mm. And it was because of like the negativity around me. It was because of the way that I was treated by my boss. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different things that go into it, especially if you're working in like a huge office. Oh my gosh. I hundred percent, I can, yeah, totally see that. And that would just, that would make sense that if you're 
in an unhappy or toxic work environment, um, it would make sense that I'd rather not have to deal with so-and-so or whatever it is that I have Mm -hmm. to deal with in the office and I can still get my work done. Yeah, I can see that point. But then I guess uh, I guess I'll argue with myself a little bit too and then say like we've all got to understand and be able to do conflict resolution, right? Like we can't just pretend that oh, I'm going to work from home and in doing that I'm never going to have to deal with anybody else mm-hmm. or solve any problems or have any difficult conversations or have confrontation like we need that to be better people and to be an active and valuable part of society, right? So, and that workplace needs to improve if they've got issues. Yeah, they yeah. they need to address those issues to make it a, a better working environment. I didn't share this with you, but I don't know if you saw. Like to add to that, dare we bring up Elon Musk's interview that he did? It was in in May where he he mentioned that remote work is immoral. That caused like really? a. Hu- yeah. Oh, okay. I missed it's this. Morally we wrong. should definitely no. link up to that. Yeah. He was interviewed, I think, by CN, CN, what is it? CN, CNBC. Elon Musk says remote work is morally wrong. Calls it messed up. Okay. This was interesting. We'll link up to this article. This is interesting because the other thing that we're not considering, like you mentioned, oh, the work environment might not be a positive place and so there's good reason for not wanting to show up the other thing is like not all jobs can be done remotely yeah it's almost like i don't want to say it's a sense of elitism but i think they were kind of alluding to like the laptop jobs not everyone has a laptop job yeah and what does that say for everybody else in other industries where they don't have that choice Mm mm-hmm yeah, that, it's funny that you bring this up because that was another point that I added to my notes like right before we hopped on is I was thinking about working in advertising and marketing and as an account executive being a liaison between client and everybody who worked in our office, if I wouldn't have been in our office, my job would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that I could have stayed on top of the copywriters and the designers and the creative team and like the traffic team. I mean, they're all deadlines that if we were all working remotely, nothing would ever get done because every single day my job was literally to walk up to people's desk and be like, why don't I have this yet? Why don't I have this yet? Why don't I have this yet? <laughs> and you can't do that remotely. People just ignore your email or they don't look at their chat or you know, any number of things. So yeah, I mean, advertising and marketing, my specific position is just one example, but certainly there are hundreds of jobs that would be really, really tough to accomplish virtually. Healthcare, agriculture, like manufacturing, like, so I, I could see that it was maybe where he was coming from. I don't know. I didn't watch the whole interview, but I can see that, you know, we're just kind of looking at it from the lens of like, well, I can do my job from home. So this, this should be the new standard, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is, yeah. Again, it's up for debate, right? Up for debate. I think that's, that's why we're having this conversation. So I guess from your perspective, then you and John built your business with a remote first policy, Mm -hmm. remote first philosophy too, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was never an intention with our business that we would have an office space and have people coming in. And I I do remember distinctively like 
points in our business, especially when we were younger and growing a lot, there were other entrepreneurs in the space who did talk about having like these offices and that their employees would go in and they had a lot of really great things to say about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, their businesses uh, outwardly anyways, were doing really well. And so, yeah, sure. I thought at some point in time, are we doing this wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. is there a benefit to, or would it be better for us to be in an office to hire an assistant that was in person But never to the point where I thought about like really, you know, changing tides and Mm -hmm. doing that because I just, I I fell in love with working from home like Mm -hmm. the second that I started doing it. And having that freedom, that autonomy, I think is a really big deal because for me personally, my experience in the workplace was one that made me feel very trapped and mm. um, like almost stinted. Like I wasn't able to live up to my full potential or like use my skills in the best ways possible when I was mm-hmm. working in an office because I was just so confined to these roles. So, I mean, yeah, for me, it's just always been very cut and clear And I'm so grateful that I do have the time management and the focus and the Mm -hmm. discipline to make big moves from home. And and I'm appreciating through this conversation that not everybody has that. And again, to your point, like every business is different. And that's why I don't think there's a one size fits all. Every role has its demands and that would benefit from maybe one model over the other. Um, and then, yeah, there's the personal preferences too, um, which are to be taken into account. But, you know, my personal experience right now the that I'm getting from leaving home, leaving my house mm-hmm. to go into an office, the conversations that I'm having with people, I'm, it's like it's not that I'm just in there talking all day and not getting any work done. I do feel I'm like extremely productive. I will admit that there are a lot of distractions that I didn't even realize at home that I was getting sucked into and I probably could have done a better job of And I'm going to give like really mundane examples, like throwing on a load of laundry at probably not Mm -hmm. the best time, but it was easy to do or the option to run an errand because you can. So so some of those decisions are removed from you when you, you know, it's not an option, but uh, like personally for me, I'm just enjoying this change up. And as I said, like the remote team is not going anywhere, but it's making me think about just different roles, personal preferences. Granted, I have the option to choose because of the nature of the company and, and all of that, which I know that we've just said, a lot of people don't have that choice. It doesn't make sense for everyone. So this is a to be continued for sure. Like there's no, yeah. <laughs> I know I, I'm so curious to like maybe in a few months chat with you on this topic again, because you'll be that much further along. Hopefully we'll have hired some in-person team members mm-hmm. and just kind of getting your perspective on, on the evolution of that, because 
When you first switch to something new, of course, it's, you know, you, you go in with positive thoughts and you have all these visions of what it's going to be. And sometimes it does turn out that way and it is great. And sometimes you face challenges that you never would have anticipated or that you didn't even know were possible. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's, um, that's something that, that we'll all face no matter what. But in this specific situation, the fact that you're going through this right now, yeah, thanks for... <laughs> Thanks for sharing so much of your personal experience around this, because yeah. I do think it's a, a really interesting topic and an important topic, too. I, I hope that businesses and business leaders who are the ones making these decisions that impact a lot of people, I hope that they're taking all these different you know, perspectives into consideration. Yeah, I think the empathy piece is a little bit missing with these very one-sided um, arguments. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like you said, you kind of had never really thought about it unless you kind of had to think about it. Like the question was posed to you. So I think the empathy piece that I'm trying to get at is not all businesses are the same. I think there's this assumption that, oh, big corporations just want people to go into the office and, and be productive. And, and I have no more freedom and autonomy as an employee, but those aren't necessarily all the types of businesses without going on too much of a tangent. But in Australia, I think it's something like 95% of businesses are small businesses. Wow. <laughs> so that's huge. That's, you know, that's like the backbone of the economy. And so to just paint like, oh, all these corporations are evil and want bums on seats, I think is not the full picture. And yeah. this is why bringing up this topic and having more of these conversations with people as much as I can. So all to say, more to come. More to come. We'll definitely be doing a follow-up episode on this. Again, I'm curious to hear your perspective and how it has or hasn't changed or evolved a few months from now. And now that I, you know, thank you again for sharing these resources with me, because now that I've started diving into it, I feel like my perspective is going to be changing a bit on it as well. Even though I know that for me personally, or I feel right now that for me personally, remote work is the best way to go. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm now much more open to the idea that there are other ways and that those aren't necessarily bad ways. Right. So even if we don't agree, we can have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, as we close out today's chat on remote work, we hope that you picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode and it gave you something to think about, please let us know. Leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time. <laughs>